Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe on any and every platform you use to engage with us. Today, we're going to recap and discuss Carmen Jones, a 1954 American musical film featuring Harry Belafonte, Dorothy Dandridge, and Pearl Bailey. And so the film was produced and directed by Otto Preminger and based on a 1943 Oscar Hammerstein stage musical of the same name. And that stage musical was set to the music of an 1875 French opera called Carmen by George Bizet. It might be pronounced Bizet because it was, it was a French opera. I'm not sure. Um, that I like opera, the second version. Yes, yeah, George Bizet. <laughs> that <laughs> opera was an adaptation of the 1845 of an 1845 novella called Carmen. Oh by, my goodness! I know. By <laughs> <too> much. <laughs> by Henri Melhock and Ludovic Halevi. I'm sure I pronounced those names wrong because right. they got. I think you did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was awful. Yeah, right. they did a great they, job. They have all these wonderful little phonetics. But your heart symbols. was in the right place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Their descendants are going to be in the comments. It is. <laughs> Actually, the first letters are silent. Or just somebody who's educated on the topic. That's right. Or just can pronounce any words. So um, the movie, Carmen Jones, that we're going to talk about, made $9.8 million dollars on a budget of eight hundred thousand dollars, and y'all, this is in 19... the in the fifties. Wow! For for her performance in this film, Dorothy Dandridge became the first Black actress to be Oscar nominated for Best Actress. The movie had actually been nominated for two Academy Awards when she won Best Actress. I mean, when she was nominated, Best Actress and Best Scoring of a Musical Picture. So it didn't win either of those, but it was nominated. And it was also nominated for, for two Golden Globes, and it won both of the Golden Globes. Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy and Most Promising Male Newcomer, Joe Adams. And there were many other award nominations, including like the British Academy Film Awards, the Writers Guild of America. It was a pretty good list, okay? Wow. And for some, these facts would be enough to make this movie a classic. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But we gotta start with intros. Kick us <laughs> off, bro. Hi, my name is Aubrey Wright, I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright, and I'm the middle. Hello, I am Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. <laughs> Meaning they wanted no more after this. We have been doing so good. Or it just it, or, or it was the end of a good run. We, we, had, and we, they were like, well, we had like three we had like three or four yeah, a run of podcasts where it was just a normal intro and now she's back. Listen, she, back. she was just Carmen just, has me feeling very sassy. <laughs> it makes sense. And I, I, it actually makes sense. I can see sense. that. I can, I can see, see that. Listen. She's, she's fresh off of her viewing. She just finished watching it today. And she's, so yeah. she's still in the Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's appropriate That's for right. this. That's right. Because gotcha. gotcha. it gets you a little bit. Yeah. I have yeah. so many alternate titles for this movie. <laughs> well, I think we got to start there, sis. What, what, <laughs> what do you got? Karma. 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 Mm -hmm. karma is a good one. Okay. Karma, Carmen. Mm. Okay. That's good. Carmen, karma. <laughs> She's for the streets. 
<laughs> All right, I went on this. It started good. It was like karma. Oh, uh, no, no. Thoughts about thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Carmen, I'm not a hating girl, but uh-uh. Ooh, all right, yeah. yeah, we're getting started. We're, Those we're, are good. Zebra uh, Draws. That's another movie title. <laughs> all right, look. I, you know what? Let's let in our comments. We need y'all to like finish this list. What are other? If you've seen this movie, what Maybe. other titles? Which, work? which this is the first time for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I feel like a, I had seen bits, but yeah, this is my first time watching it. Mommy, is this the first time that we've done that? It. it was a fast musical. Hmm. <laughs> I can't remember. I think a it's musical the first that we've all not seen. I think this is the first time. I think you're right because we have been focused so much on the musicals that were that we watched yeah. a lot as yeah. a child. I Which think is you're all right. of them. Yeah. Mm. Well, actually, bro, it's really not because I'm going to tell y'all, Carmen Jones. It led me to kind of because 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 when I was understanding how how historic it was for like um, for Dorothy Dandridge to be nominated, I started to wonder. We're like, well, how many black musicals had been had happened before this one, and this was not the first one. You know, mm. the first one was in 1929 and it was called Hallelujah. Okay, so there's there's a whole, our, our childhood, we watched a lot of like the well-known white musicals. Right, but, we, but there's there's this whole other land. And so, well, I mean, I, I would love for us to look into this a little bit more. I was like, yeah. man. I love it. It's Let's a long it. list. It. Yeah. I love it. Let's do it. All right. So um, now we've gone through alternative titles. She sounded like it was a part of what we normally do. Moving on to the next phase. We we did all the the alternative titles. Mm. Now we're moving on to the next. Yes, which is to pick a voting symbol. Okay. And um, if you're new to our podcast, we always pick a voting symbol. And, you know, we aren't necessarily in alignment about the philosophy behind the voting symbol and how it should be selected. Some of us feel like it should be a symbol that is full of depth and really calls upon all of us to think about the the, 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 the through line that calls upon like the, uh, it makes you kind of to ponder the through line themes of the movie. And some Uh, people just want some recurring imagery. She went to a seance and talked to Dorothy Dandridge and asked for a symbol. (laughs) so our symbols are all over the map okay depending on where we land but y'all i have a good one okay to recommend and i'm I'm glad because i ain't got nothing and i I really was thinking (laughs) but i don't i don't got one so but bro i was i was thinking that that you know because the one that they are they they almost kind of put out there very blatantly is the rose because even during the opening credits there's like a rose there with the in flames really yeah. And then her her calling card is like a rose. A rose. Yeah. So yeah. so it was like it was trying to make you think rose was good because I was like, that's but, but, a good but that's not what you did. No, no, no. That's just way too obvious. I mean, it was literally a part of the opening credits. Okay. So we just want to take it a little deeper. Okay. Oh, and I would like to recommend that we use oh, a no. nine of spades. Oh. oh. Okay. So. Carmen, I like it. Yes, baby, we saw that nine of spades, honey. 
Right. Because this character, Carmen Jones, she believed in signs and fortune telling. Okay. And in this particular scene, she was dealt a nine of spades from a deck of cards. And for her, it was a sign that death was coming for her. And guess what? That was not the first time she had received that message. Okay. She had, you know, and essentially through the movie, you get a sense that part of the reason she lived her life the way she did, which was uh, somewhat recklessly, was because she, it's like she always felt her days were numbered. Like, she's just like, I live for today because I can, I don't know about tomorrow if it's going to even come for me, you know? And so actually, and there's a, there's a song, it's when, after she sees that nine of spades, there's a song, it's called the card song. And I'm just going to read you a little bit of these lyrics because it is about her them. mindset. Now, you know, this is one of the songs, and we'll talk more about this when we get to the music, but sometimes they started throwing in, you know, D instead of the, you know, for and not all the songs, but sometimes they would start using this vernacular in the, in the songs, and this is one where they did. All right, so it says, denying. There he is, the old boy. Plain as can be, death got his hand on me. It ain't no use run away from that old boy if he's chasing you. It's best to stand right up and look him in the face. When he is facing you, you got to be prepared to go with that old boy, no matter what the time. So I won't fill my pretty eyes with salty tears because I ain't got the time. I'm going to run out every second I got left before he throws me down. I'm going to laugh and sing, use up all my breath. They spelled it B-R-E-F. Uh, breath before he mows me down while I can while, while I can fly around I'm going to do my flying high I'm going to keep on living up to the, the day I die the nine hello old boy hello mm. if that don't sum and up her she, mindset then, through this movie I don't know what does and then, she, and then she made the decision to ultimately let to her own demise yeah and really everybody's she put a, a couple people alert. down the tube I mean, spoiler spoiler alert. Yeah, so that's my recommendation. After the spoiler, nine of spades, and I I don't really under I don't know cards and stuff like that, so I don't know if what the deeper meaning is of a nine. Well, of spades, I wonder but, if it, for I her wonder, it was like a sign of death. I wonder mm-hmm. if it relates to something in the play that mm. you know they changed into a nine of spades. Oh, that's a good question. Um, but yeah, I like it. I love that. I love that. And I know the I, original French opera was about gypsies. Yeah, you know, so, so it's have, very yeah. possible. Hmm. Well, anyway, I love it. You guys, I, 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 I'm on board with your nine of spades. Sis. Listen. Sis, what's on your mind in terms of potential voting symbols? I don't have none. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really <laughs> Listen, I I'm the kind of chick that loves the win by default. I'll take it. I'm All right. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna see who gets the best. Don't, no, don't make me no never mind. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I we just watched. This I movie. can come up with stuff. Yeah. yeah so you're gonna, you're gonna have selective uh, southern vernacular as well. <laughs> I sure will. I'll just pop it out any old time. It won't be consistent, but it'll just come right on out. And will, and will you sing? Will y'all you not going to do this like you're not going to do this physical. Oh, y'all not going to do this physical like this. Oh my gosh. All right. So, the, so we just need to get into it because we do need to yes. talk about that. That's the topic yeah. we got to get to. Yeah. 
All right. So let's go to the review of Carmen Jones. Yes. Pants. We do, That's we do, another title. Now this <laughs> Carmen Jones. Hot pants. Hot pants. <laughs> oh no, what was what, he, what was he calling? Heat wave. Heat wave. Listen, listen, listen. The heat wave chronicles. Chronicles. Mm. Yeah. They, no, they, they, yeah, the day they live. The it's day you got burnt, Joe, by the heat wave. That's Joe. what we <laughs> so watch out, Joe. Heat wave heat coming. Wave. Heat yeah. wave burning. Yeah. Okay, so let's do our recap. Spoiler alert. Okay. We always do a recap because our content is generally quite aged. Okay. <laughs> so let's do a recap of Carmen Jones. Carmen Jones is set during World War II and begins on an army base that includes a parachute factory. And a young corporal on the rise named Joe, played by Harry Belafonte, has earned his way into flight school and is going to become a pilot. The night before he's scheduled to leave for flight school, he has a 24-hour pass, which is essentially a free day, that he wants to use to marry his sweetheart, Cindy Lou, played by Olga James. And just then, one of his superiors, Sergeant Brown, played by Brock Peters, forces him to use that time to transport a civilian prisoner named Carmen Jones, played by Dorothy Dandridge, to a to civilian authorities over 50 miles away. That's how he has to use his free day. And Carmen Jones is not just any civilian. She works in the parachute factory when she wants to, okay, and is a known vixen on the army base. And she frankly already had her eyes set on Joe because he's the only man on the base that literally pays her no mind. She had been arrested for attacking a coworker that reported that she had come into work late again. Now, while transporting Carmen to civilian authorities, she flirts with Joe, who initially does a really great job of ignoring her advances. When the army jeep can't traverse the, ter the terrain for the trip, and they end up on foot for a few miles. Somewhere along that trip, <laughs> Joe lost all of his defenses and they end up having sex. And while he is sleeping, she slips away, leaving him a note saying that she loves him, but she doesn't want to go to jail. Now, because he lost his prisoner and the Jeep, Joe is not only kept from leaving for flight school, but he is put in the stockades for several weeks. And during that time, Cindy Lou finds out what happened and she tries to forgive him, but it doesn't matter because Joe is now hooked on Carmen, okay? When he finishes his punishment and once again is set to leave for flight school, Joe seeks out Carmen, not Cindy Lou, by the way. Joe seeks out Carmen to tell her goodbye. Carmen, who is now in love with Joe, she asks him to run away with her instead of going to flight school. And when he says he can't, because that would be going AWOL, she gets mad and she flirts with Sergeant Peters, who really goads Joe into a fight. Joe wins that fight, okay? And the sergeant is laying there totally beat up. Joe would certainly be put behind bars for this. So he does agree in the moment to run away with Carmen. They hurriedly hop on a train to Chicago. Carmen had already gotten money and a ticket to Chicago from a famous boxer named Husky Miller, played by Joe, I Joe Adams. And, you know, he thought she was beautiful and he wanted her on his arm and in his bed, but she had declined because of her feelings for Joe. But again, she got that money and that ticket, though. When they get to Chicago, um, you know, 
Carmen and Joe move into a grossy little motel room and they quickly draw the shades because they know the military police are looking for Joe. When Carmen goes out to buy groceries, but comes back with groceries, a new dress and shoes, Joe begins to question her about where she got the money and where she had been all day. Instead of just saying that she had pawned some jewelry for money, she gets defensive because she doesn't like being questioned by anybody, especially not a man. She ends up leaving Joe and going to join Husky and his entourage to live the high life for a while. Eventually, Joe comes out of hiding to confront Carmen, and unfortunately, he does this at a very public venue, threatening to kill her if she doesn't come back to him. Carmen is not afraid of death. All throughout the movie, she had been seeing omens. So for her, it was really just a matter of time. Now, Cindy Lou, who had come to Chicago looking for Joe, again, ready to forgive him, <laughs> witnesses part of the confrontation. And she has her heart broken once again when Joe literally pays her absolutely no attention because he has clearly become obsessed with Carmen. I mean, crazy eyes obsessed with Carmen. Mm -hmm. When Carmen refuses to go back to life with Joe, he strangles her to death. She barely fights. A few minutes later, the military police who had been tipped off by a janitor come and escort Joe away from Carmen's body to, the, to, to inevitable incarceration. And frankly, possibly worse. The end. It was definitely a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when the heat wave comes. Get you good. Heat wave! Oh, it'll get you. It'll get you. Now, y'all, I actually, I have a question to start us off here. And this is, I'm going to tell y'all, this is, this is James's question, but it's a good one. <laughs> okay. And his question was, because, you know, it's like, what do you call Carmen Jones? You know, is she a vixen? You know, is she, <laughs> he gave us a list of words to consider. Is Carmen Jones a harlot, a strumpet? A floozy, a witch, a hussy, a slut, a Jezebel, a trollop, a gold digger, a tramp, or a vixen. And this is interesting for me, y'all. I don't know how, I mean, they they gave us such a complex character to consider. Um, you have to make a couple of little reaches to, to round out who, who she is. But I wouldn't use all of these words to describe her. So that's that's my question to both of you. Like, what what do we call Carmen Jones if we're just going to go ahead and try to sum up her character a little bit and how how she was operating in the world? I know what I would call her. First of all, <laughs> all of those words apply to her. No really? Oh. But but what I would call her is an agent of chaos. That's what I would call her. Mm, that's good. That's another movie title. Listen. Do, 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 do. Agent you know, if yeah. I had to choose one of those words, my first words are like harlot, like, but then also I would say vixen. And the reason why I say vixen is because vixen doesn't necessarily denote that you are having sex with these people. Mm. There are some women out here that Teasing. people just think that they're fine. Mm -hmm. And they tease people and they get whatever they want and they have to do nothing for it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like in this movie, she's showing up and she knows how to show up in a way that makes men want her. Mm 
And now where she learned that, how she got that, because we met her grandma and her grandma was living in the little shack cooking chicken. She definitely was giving it up, though. But to who, though? Well, we didn't see her give it up to anybody. It's a oh, joke. I think I felt it was implied that she gave it up to Joe and the boxer. She definitely gave it up to oh, Joe, well, yeah, and, the Joe boxer. and the boxer. But also, I think she had a history with the sergeant that was sexual. The sergeant and, as well. And it, it seemed like she was known for uh, giving up them cheeks around the but, bed. But, but, but they, <laughs> like, okay, she, but she, they weren't explicit about it. They didn't say they she has been sleeping this with people. And, and so that's, that's important. That's, that's important. Exactly. Like I, I think that that's the part that sometimes there are certain women because mm-hmm. they have just this natural beauty and they have a natural charisma, it's like charisma a or swag about them mm-hmm. that it just happens that there's just this automatic mindset that they are doing these things, and it's just like nah. But we people will project that on them Mm -hmm. to say, I want you to do these things because I want you to be my, what is that from the movie? Um, Bringing down the house, my tawdry little, (laughs) I want you to be like my little tawdry delight, you know, just something like that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I struggle. At first I'm like, that's why one of my idols was. They they made her, she was was a fantasy more than we actually saw her. Digging in with people. I gotta be honest with y'all. I just thought that was a a, a, a result of it, a, a result of it being 1954. Because I feel like mm-hmm. when she took when they showed her take off her dress, I was like, this must have been the equivalent of like a really racy nude scene in the, yeah. in that time. Sure. So I felt that's like why they I could made that nine million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's what, probably zebra pants. Heard about real. them zebra like, draws that full coverage. That's what I'm saying. And like, and I'm just saying, I feel like they they really let you know how she is getting down because even in her original song, she was talking about to me yeah. how she was getting down. So I I felt like that was a well, in this case what, was a foregone conclusion that well you know what y'all what that she follows through. <laughs> well, well, me, but, but don't we have to have a discussion though about her intent whether she's like having sex with people or not even or she's teasing them it's like what is your intention and i don't th- i don't it definitely she 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 ends up creating chaos but i feel like her intention truly is to have a good time it seems like for me carmen was not one of those people like oh you got a man oh i'm coming for you and that that to me is a strumpet that's a strumpet exactly is a per- what she a, did no that's no. literally exactly what no she did. no here's the thing she had her eyes on joe regardless of whether Cindy Lou was there or not. What she liked about Joe was because was because he paid her no mind. That's what her first song was about. The, all the men want me, so I don't want them and I don't care about them. The ones that don't want me, Joe, that's the one that has my attention. And so for me, I just feel like she wasn't those pe- one of those people but that's out here like- But she had a man. But she, I mean, but she, he had a woman. But, but I'm just saying, but her intention is just to do whatever she wants to do. It's not a malicious like, oh, I'm going to get that person so I can get money from them. Or I'm going to get that person so I, you know, break up their relationship. You know, I'm I'm going to get that person so I can climb a ladder of some sort. I don't think I don't, that's what she was doing. I don't no, I, I'm saying I if, think, if, if... I think if she just, her... it's whatever she wanted to do. She pursued it because... 
she felt like her life, her days were numbered. And so she was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to live in my truth. See, I, I don't feel do. like she thought her days were numbered until she went home to see her grandma. Her grandma was like, I saw a rooster. What was it? A, a, what some type of leaf from a, I mean, a, a feather from yeah, a, a, a buzzard, a, I think. A buzzard dead. or something. It was and so I don't, think the she doorstep. Started, I don't think she started thinking like that until she had the interaction with her grandma well but she, I said, would say, she said when she was talking to joe and it, they were at that house but when she mm-hmm. was talking to joe about her life philosophy she said i always just live day to day yeah but i think that when you see that someone is in love and they are in a relationship and they are to an extent showing their commitment to them but you are going after them your intent is malicious like there's no absolutely. way for it not absolutely. to be. There's absolutely. no and way for it you. not to be. Oh, and trust me, and I, just, and, just for the record, y'all know I'm I I I don't got no tolerance for strumpets. Well, I don't got I, no I, tolerance I, for strumpets out here in this life. But I'm I just, just saying, I was just talking about her motivation as a character. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I know I know women like this in real life mm-hmm. and have interacted with any man who's spent time dealing with women has probably come across a woman like this. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is, regardless of your intentions, if you are just moving through with reckless abandon and you just don't care, then I don't care what you, you're, even if you try to say that's not your intent, that is your intent. Yeah. Because okay. you know, you you understand know what happens. Yeah. You know what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what happens as a result of that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so like, funny because these type of the type of women that'll be like, I just can't be friends with women, and it's like, well, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. You're not and, very and, and friendly. She, even in the song, <laughs> even in the song, she's singing about how, you know, she just wants what she wants, mm-hmm. and you know, whatever happens, happens. Totally. And then when she's done, she's done. That's, that's what she's. That's, that's what she's. That's and what I'm gonna saying. tell you, that was what was interesting to me about this movie in one way is that I didn't like anybody in the movie. Like, <laughs> like I, I didn't know who the protagonist was supposed to be. Cause like the outside of Cindy Lou, who I love me some Cindy Lou. That's her name, right? The, Cindy Lou. Cindy Lou. Yeah. I love me some Cindy Lou. She was a good person, you know, like to a fault. To a fault, she was she was a good person, but everybody else was horrible. Everybody, everybody in the movie, Carmen Jones O'Dell were just bad people, yeah. and I just didn't get the feeling of going through the journey with somebody. It did. It did make me think of Seinfeld. You know, like on the show Seinfeld, everybody was just so selfish, and it wasn't like it was just like. Y'all are just a bunch of selfish people, you know what I mean? But you're, but that's that's was the was the dynamic. But but in Seinfeld, it was funny. But like you're you're making fun of, you got these four sociopaths, yeah, (laughs) and they're they're even sociopathic to each other, and it's all part of the game, you know? Totally. Like like they don't even be mad next week. It's just that's yeah. But that was the only other example I could think of. Where it was like, I have who am I rooting for here? Because yeah. everybody is like so selfish. I mean, you know. good gracious. You know, but it's crazy though that you would like say that because I this concept, Cindy Lou is the one that everyone says that they want. 
the one that's forgiving you, the one that's sweet, that's like, home. she says, home is where you are, Joe. <laughs> she's like, she knows you cheated with Carmen. She's like, I heard about that. I know you go with that shit. You I know chased you know her to Chicago, went AWOL with her. Like, Come home. All of these things have happened. And these are, and she's the one that walks away the saddest and alone. Here's the other oh, side looks, of it. She's, let me just let you know about Cindy Lou. She got married. She had about six kids and she got grandkids. <laughs> she's fine. And that progeny is still going on. I she's just fine. want to let you know. That. She's fine. Oh, Listen, that generation <laughs> yeah. kept on. I, yeah. I agree. I would love to see the end of Cindy. You know oh, yeah. Cindy Lou's story was that. No, she, she told a testimony in church two weeks later talking about how the Lord kept her from. Yeah. And delivered yeah, her. Just, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, at I'm her totally. mama's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think about, though, if you all noticed when they were at the, I guess they call it the mess hall, you know, where people eat. And mm-hmm. then also even when they would, I was laughing at this movie the whole time. So I was like, this movie is so much drama. It was like a reality show when I was watching it. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> it's true. I was That's like, true. they fighting. Scandal. I think it was a real fight because y'all, we've talked about seven brats for seven brothers. And you know, that fight was like, what were you doing last night out at the wood pal? And then out they started, the <laughs> started scuffling on the floor. I said, <laughs> I said, oh no, Dorcas Kaylee. Listen, uh, whatever her name was, when she was like, uh-huh, and I'm telling you late. And she was like, and if you do, I'm gonna beat you up. And that's what was happening at that parachute. <laughs> at the parachute factory, they were fighting. Yeah, yes, yes they were. And she kept so, that promise. Uh, but if you but when they were in the mess hall and Carmen first walked in, okay, everybody else has on the dresses, which Shout out to people who work in a factory in dresses. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, that couldn't have been good working conditions. And so, just that whole wor- time, that whole time period, the way the women just got themselves together, and and I when mean, it was working, walking, whatever you doing, dress shoes. yes. And so I w- watching her when she was walking in and she was singing. The women were looking at her with an admiration, except for the one I was about to tell on her. Mm-hmm. and even the one woman said Carmen why don't you just pick one so we can have the rest and she said it of course in a joking way but it was also serious it was like girl because everybody wants you <laughs> and until you settle down we can't get one You're right and so <laughs> but they were also looking at her in a way which I think many women still do with these types of women it's like wow to have this certain type of swag even though I know it's an author of chaos, to have this certain type of be able to command attention when you walk in the room with your mere presence, you haven't said anything. But to be able to have that type of essence about you, many of the women were looking like, I would never, but go ahead, girl. Like, yeah, <laughs> when I, mean, I saw they, that. She, it wasn't, I, a, I, it wasn't a bunch can, of can, enemies. You know what I mean? It they wasn't, weren't. I, it wasn't like she was a black sheep of the of the the base. It was just like that's how Carmen is. Carmen can out I, here. That's it. That's it. Yeah, she out here. She, she well, put, let me she let me let me let me speak on this for one moment. <laughs> let me speak on this for a moment. Okay. The problem with women like Carmen is. Most men, most men are invisible to women. Most men, you know, most men don't spend their lives not having like a lot of attention from women and stuff like that. And what I'm saying is, is if you're just a normal guy, you are not prepared 
to deal with Cartman. You do not have the necessary boundaries and restraint to even, because uh, that woman will wreck a normal dude's life. And what I saw happen, it was very real because what Joe was was just a normal dude. And he got him a great woman. Says he look. And if, and if you can see, he was such a good dude. He, he lasted way longer than most dudes would have lasted. But she, there is nothing more attractive than a woman than ignoring her. Like that, especially for a woman who always gets the intention. And so when she locked on him, he was just outmatched. It, it was just a situation where I know she was probably doing stuff to him that Cindy Lou don't even know about. You know, like like because Cindy Lou is a good, just just a you know what I mean. She is a good, solid, bro, ride or die, bro. You have just without even knowing it, you have given me a segue to another question that James gave for us Go in the podcast. Because, bro, everything you just named, like you know that it also happens in reverse all the time where there are just these men that are out here and if they do exactly what you just said bro they go after that average woman they ain't ready that woman is not ready and then these men they end up wreaking havoc in their lives and in their emotions and the women are left with to pick up the pieces and what what ends up happening though is that we have labels for women like Carmen, or that whole list of names that I read out earlier. We don't have names for the men that do this exact same thing. And it happens just as often. And, you know, I got to say, you know, I, I, I don't know which side it happens on more. Okay. But it's out here happening where these men going through women, going through women out here. And then the women are just living in the implications. Isn't it interesting though that it would be very hard for us to get to a list of names like that? When so now we'll say something like, "Oh, he's a male whore," but even the fact that you have to put male on it, you know what I mean? Well, I don't. If you a slut, you a slut. It don't matter what gender you have chosen or you are. If you are out in these streets, baby, you are in the streets. Now that's just to me. But but, but do, I but, also but the am concept of, of not culture, having though. the list, yeah. you yeah, know, not, we don't have yeah. a list. We might call them a whore. You know, um, and then sometimes we have a positive word like player. Ooh, he's a player. You know, it's like we're celebrating it when it's a man, but as a woman, she's a flimsy. Well, that's because that's it's because true. for a man to accomplish that is hard. It's not hard for women to accomplish. That. Mm, that's an interesting take. Oh, it's a, that's <laughs> what it is. A woman. Oh. A, let, let me tell you, any woman <laughs> could go outside. And instantly hook up with a dude. Instant. It doesn't matter who you are, what woman you are. If you if you want to go hook up with a dude, you go hook up with a dude. So that's easy. We don't revere things that are easy for a man to do that. He has to be in a certain position in life. But why? So, that so, but, well, the, well, why do we demonize it in women, but we don't demonize it in men? Because that's it's easy for a woman to do it. It's hard for a man to do it. That's why. That's I'm just letting you know. I, I mean, I'm. I'm not saying I'm telling you that <laughs> to be to be a man. You can't say get, it as a fact, bro. That's your perspective. No, that is a fact. I, the, the, I let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. And if we're being honest, okay, I'm telling you that every woman 
has NBA level player access to sex if she wants it. She could have as many dudes as she wants just because she could just go out and think about how easy it would be if you really wanted to go hook up with a dude right now or whatever. It's easy for women because dudes will do it. If you're a man, you have to be LeBron James. You got to be a person who is successful in order to be able to attract a bunch of mates. Otherwise, you're not going to attract a bunch of mates. That's that's just not consistent with my experience. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what world you're living in. America, United States, in, in current the day. The only reason why I I have and I hear what you're saying, bro. The only reason why I have a little pushback or disagreement with it, like there's this new video that just went viral from TikTok where the guy's talking about how he has seven baby mamas and they each have a kid and he's just like you know i told these women you know i ain't want no kids which was like okay like get a vasectomy that'll or solve use all a of that condom. but he don't want to and so it's just like well he puts it on them it's their cut off, right cut off the option and so i say that to say there are he is an extreme version of that but there are so many men that are not this LeBron James and they have access to so many women. Here's the thing. It's who, in my opinion, who people are going after. So in Janiah's statement about, um, and I cheated, this is something earlier, but she used the term low-hanging fruit um, earlier when we were in the green room. This is something he was saying in his video about him going after basically, of course, he's not using that terminology, low-hanging fruit. And so sometimes I think what happens many times with men or with people really in general, sometimes we're not even going after the individuals that we actually have access to. So if we're not going after the individuals that we have access to, then it's always going to feel like we're not getting, we're not gaining access. We're not able to get anyone or we're not able to get to these different statuses because we're trying to get with someone that is out of our class, you know, just for, for lack of a better term. And so I think many times we as women, we are trained to take who wants us. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's have some standards a little bit, attained but for the most part take who wants you the so when you have that it is easy for you to deal with someone because you're always taught if somebody wants you just get with me Mm -hmm. so I can see that part um I can also see that there are many men that if you have when they are out here and you are in the streets, they don't, there are women that they messing with and talking to and sleeping with and all these different things, but they'll never talk about it because they're ashamed of it. They don't want anybody to know that they're sleeping with these types of people because the class they want is two classes above who they actually have access to. And so they get upset about that. Like, 
Well, no, you would have to be LeBron James to get her. I'm very sorry, sir. <laughs> and just that's just the way the things are set up. I don't know why <laughs> I was just born. You you are taking me right right to my next question that goes deeper into this psyche of the person who truly does have the ability these these special people you know that we're talking about like Carmen where she just walks into a room people are drawn to her mm -hmm. okay um you know was can they really fall in love you know um and I guess more specifically for the movie was Carmen actually in love with Joe no mm. she was in love with herself through Joe because she's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So narcissists, they liked the way this, she liked, she loved the fact that he left her woman, his woman for her. She loved the fact that he was enamored with her. But narcissists, that narcissist supply is like a drug. It only lasts for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. So once you are no longer getting high off that supply, you move on. And that's why she's the agent of chaos. Because Boom. she just needs that initial um, dopamine hit of he left, like I was able to get him to pay attention to me. I was able to get him away from this woman. And she doesn't even know why she don't like him no more, but that's what's happening. And so she moved on to the next. So no, she doesn't. Sis, no, do you narcissists agree? don't have the ability to actually fall in love. Whoa. Sis, do you agree that she was not in love with Joe? Listen, what Aubrey's putting down, I'm picking up. Okay, uh, what he's paving, I'm driving on. Because at first, I was in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I feel uh, my <laughs> my perspective was like, oh, I think she did love Joe, but not in an unconditional sense. Mm. Not in like wherever we are, because it seemed like that, right? They in that dirty little room that they were renting. Um, you know, living life, she's like, I'm gonna go get groceries. But when you're not being true to yourself, you think you can be in a dirty little room and be okay. But that's not what you want. That's not mm. who you are. And so I think in my mind, I was like, okay, she, she loves him. And she knows that this is the type of love she should love. But that's just not who she is. And for whatever Man. reason, right, because we don't have the Carmen Jones origin story. For right now, it seems like she's from a sweet little town. Carmen's home. Everyone's excited. They don't know who she is on the base. Okay? Yeah. They just know, like, here's some chicken. Here's some wine, <laughs> some potatoes and peaches. We know you love peaches, Carmen. That's because yeah. she's throwing a peach everywhere she goes. <laughs> so it's like, you get a peach. You get a peach. You peaches. Yeah. So I think about, like what her origin story would be because her mama might have been sharing peaches everywhere you know mm -hmm. and she just learned it mm -hmm. and so um, or her mama could have been a preacher and she ne and, and and so that's so she's he was afraid of peaches exactly her mother about, only believed in canning the peaches and canning never the sharing peaches. them <laughs> okay but them in syrup and so i think I think that my mind was like yeah she just doesn't know how to receive this type of love for whatever reason mm. and she doesn't and for whatever reason, she's like this. But when Aubrey just said what he said, that to me, that hits the nail on the head. You can't love if the, you know, your number one reason 
is just self because relationship in relationship, a true healthy relationship, while you need to make sure that you're being taken care of, but you have someone that is like, and I need to take care of you. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone that's just taking care of you just because it's like, that's not, you're, you're not loving them, but how Aubrey said it, you're loving them because uh, they, they love you. Like you're mm. not necessarily. Well, you know what? I, look, well, let me tell and and I'll, I'll be honest. I will first just say in terms of who I am in this life, I, I think I, I don't, I have questioned whether I actually believe in unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I do um, because I do believe that there is a level at which a person yes, can violate. Yes, 12 conditions to love you. <laughs> You've only met 11 this week. Get it together. But I do think that because for me, love is it's like, it's more than the emotion. It's the action. It's the work. And I personally feel like there is a way for that to be violated. Like, so if the, 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 there are, there's a line that can be crossed for me. And I've thought about it. And I, I think that I don't, for me, it's, it's not the same line for every relationship, but could I see myself saying, even in a family context, I am related to you and I respect that connection, but I don't love you because I'm not willing to now put in the action that, uh, that to me qualify a love relationship because of X, Y, and Z. That's who mm. I am. And so now again, I don't, I, I, but I also at the same time, like I, I, I haven't acted on that where I'm like canceling people out and, and blocking out loved ones. Oh, and honey, stuff like let that. me show you my list. But so I haven't activated on that in a real way, but I personally do know that there could be a line for me. There absolutely could. This was, this this is like one of those things where there are people who just don't believe in divorce. It's like, if you get married, you're just in it. You just make it work. And I don't believe in that. My personal thought is you make it work while it makes sense for you and don't have some kind of very unreasonable threshold where it's like, I'm mad for two weeks out of a month. I, I don't know, get, get, get your balances in order. Like, don't be, you know, quick about making these kinds of decisions. But I also think that if things change, we have a responsibility. Or if you get new information that you didn't have before or a new perspective, that it is the, a responsible adult thing to do to factor that in and not just come up with some way of, of, of trying to justify your prior conclusion without considering the new information. So that's think, just who I am. So because of that, I, because I don't really truly believe in like this unconditional, we just in it because uh, we're in it. It is for me possible to contemplate the kind of love that Carmen could have had here. And here's why. Because if you think about what actually happened, I like that they gave us a couple of opportunities to watch her. We watched Carmen turn down a few times the kind of opportunity to be with a man or to have excitement that she would normally just go with. She had a a couple of these opportunities and she was just saying, no, I'm not doing that now because I'm in love with Joe. I'm past that. I'm in love with Joe. And she was in it with him. But now was she still selfish in that saying, I want you to go AWOL rather than, (laughs) you know, be away from me? She was. But, but I feel like the moment 
she went back into her old behaviors was when he started treating her the way everybody else treats her. But that's the so, thing. She never left them behaviors. But, the behaviors but, was always there. But sis, but she, but she wasn't because she had started to, to say no to these other opportunities that were coming to her because she was so devoted to Joe. Even when he was in the stockades, she didn't know when he was coming out. Mm. You know, she had no sense, but she was still there devoted to him. And it was when he started to question her, when he started to act suspicious. Now, did she, was it valid for him to be suspicious? It was because she was supposed to be going to the grocery store and she was out all day. But if someone trusts you and they say, well, what did you do today? That's very different from someone saying, I know what kind of person you are. What did you do today? And so I think Joe just treated her the way everybody else treats her. And that's when she was like, okay, I see. But I didn't I see this is typical. No, he said like that. Yes, he did. He had her up against the wall. Like, you're mine. You need to tell me where you were. He didn't say it. I mean, I didn't take it like that, but I think that I see what you're saying. He had a very suspicious. He was because she came in with a new dress and new shoes. And it was like, okay, you're saying you went to go get groceries. You've been gone all day, girl. And I think that that was he didn't say it like that. If he had just said, if he had just said, you've been gone all day. And I felt like he did say it like that. Can I say this? There was no love in this relationship. Joe was trauma bonded to Carmen. Carmen was using Joe as narcissistic supply. That is why she was able to leave him so quickly. And he wasn't experiencing love. He was obsessed, which is not love. He was definitely obsessed. to, To me, the truest form of love in my opinion, is first of all, you have to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Really. Mm -hmm. You have to really know yourself. Not what you think everybody should, you know, not trying to be what you think you should be. Not knowing, uh, you know, what society, what do you really, who Mm -hmm. are you really? That's Mm -hmm. the first part. And, but, and when you're like that, you could come across a counterpart and true love is I put you first and you put me first. That's my, that's my opinion. Like I am your, your well-being and your life is that goes first and you're doing the same thing to me. That's true love. And what they were doing ain't have nothing to do with that. This was just a normal dude who did a good job of, but against that kind of woman, you have to be a certain type of man. Like, you have to be, a, so I can promise you, Carmen wouldn't have had no impacts on my life. And I would have had whatever fun I wanted to have with her and kept it, kept it moving. But for most men, you are not. For most men who got, and we see this play out, that, you know, it'll be, he'll have a good life. And it is just some chick who's just, you know, flashy in this way or that way he's never had access to that kind of woman and she could just come in and wreck the whole life and as soon as she's done she moves on why because she's if you're in love you cannot move on from somebody like that you can't in one day like cindy lou like cindy lou just keep coming back that's what cindy lou was in love cindy lou was in love that this is this is exactly but this is so many this is why this story is sad 
to me. Oh, it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad so thing. sad because I think about how many Cindy Lou's are out there. You become the woman that they're always telling you to be. And you are walking out in a hallway <laughs> singing about a song about a man. Why is what Cindy Lou is, is experiencing? Why is that called love and not called obsession? Well, how many times do you let someone poo poo in your face before it's it, 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 it's now more valid to call it an obsession than love? Can I can I can I say why? Because Cindy Lou, if you listen to her language, she was always concerned about Joe. She's never talking about herself. Joe is con your mind. I'm gonna I like you can't be with nobody else. You're you know what I mean? Like if if you're with anybody else, I'm gonna kill you. Like he's worried about him. He's not worried about Harmon, even. Cindy Lou was always worried about. Joe, she's always wanting him to be good. She's always delivering into him. And the thing is, Cindy Lou got hurt. But I'm telling you, if we watched Harmon Jones 2, Cindy Lou 2, <laughs> she learned. It wouldn't have took her a long time. She now knows what to recognize. She now knows because we do, there's probably a couple of flags that she ignored in her journey with Joe. You know, But she knows now. And she is the next person I would bet she ended up married and happy because she is a high value woman. And I'm saying- God, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I or, struggle with or this, y'all. Or she left there and became Carmen Jones. I don't believe and, it. Like, I, I, and I'm not saying, I'm just- But it's the possible. Reason why, the reason why I'm saying that is because we don't know how many times, how many Joes that she's had that are seeming like they are in love with her and doting on her. They're ignoring everybody else for her. Let's get married today before I leave for flight school. Like how many times has that happened? I, and or, then, or what if or what if the next guy she ends up with, it, because she's she's more vulnerable now, you know, that, that's what happens after a breakup or when you get your face played, which is really what happened to her. Um, and what if she ends up getting taken advantage of, like, and again, I, I know Aubrey and I, you and I obviously don't have the same experience in terms of how rampant it is, but with men coming in and wreaking havoc in a woman's life, it's very possible that the next person she meets is the the male equivalent of a Carmen Jones, to spend some time with her, takes advantage of her and moves on. And then what, and then what happens? To her so she could very well have some kind of psyche transformation you know but what i'm, I'm saying, what i'm struggling I... with what i'm struggling with is why you know it's just this celebration of like keep coming back to the thing that is not reciprocal mm. and that's, that's now love it's like you keep coming to this thing that's not reciprocal i'm not but, celebrating that but you but what I'm saying is, when you say that, listen, that, that me, that's me, that's what unconditional... i'm not celebrating it i'm saying from my perspective, she was demonstrating love because she was concerned about him above everything. And what I'm saying is, is in my experience, that lesson that she learned, I don't believe she'll have to learn it again. I believe she learned what, what to look for. And the next guy, she is going to know the red flags before she gets in, in deep with him. And what I 
in my experience, women have, like, they will know the red flags and just push past them. It's not that they don't know them. It's that they see them and they feel like, well, this situation will be different. But if you ask them and they're honest, the things that ended up ruining the situation later on were the things that they knew on the first day. And I'm just saying that's from, from the all the women that I talk to, it's not this, he just, like Joe switched up like. And bro, you don't think that happens in the other direction? I just, I just want to hear you say it. You don't think it happens in the other direction? I know it doesn't. Okay, it's, well, that's it's, very it's, interesting. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, <laughs> I just, I just, it's so strange. I just can't even understand the I mean, conclusions it's, that you're drawing. Well, it's, it's, the, it's, <laughs> it's difficult for, you know, um, to find empathy as a man is difficult because you will explain your experience and People say, no, that's not what happens. <laughs> and you're like, All right, but aren't you also doing that to me right now? But I'm, it's the, I'm, the, I'm just saying in I'm general. Not, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm talking from the man's perspective. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about recognizing when somebody's in love with you. That, that, that's what I, I'm not telling you how, what's going on on your side. I mean, when we're talking about stuff like, who has easier access to sex? That's just a fact. Like if you look up, I would encourage anybody who is watching this podcast or listening, simply go do your own research. I just do your own research, find out who has had more, who, what percentage of men have had sex in the past year. Just look that up. Just look that up. But bro, and we've you, already you talked to, about we've talked and, about and the so narrative what disconnect. What, what I'm saying we've is, we've talked about the narrative disconnect. And women are not able to talk about their sexuality in the way that men are. It, 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 it's just the facts, bro. Because of the labels, I mean, you have you, to acknowledge. You, you have you to acknowledge that, that disconnect. Think, if you think the average man has as easy access to sex as the average woman, you're just wrong. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, like, you can look up any study you want. Well, you I, know, I, you I, I, I'm, I'm, the I'm only disappointed that you are willing to, to own that this is your opinion. Bro. It's, it's not your an opinion. Experience. It's a fact. I'm, I'm not talking about I would right say now. the caution, the caution behind looking up that type of stat is you need to get into the nuance of that type of statistic. So if we're talking about in the past year, we have to, we just got out of a pandemic 20 minutes ago. Like, I mean, so we can't now, if you're giving me a stat from like, let's say 2017, I'll be like, oh, okay, tell me something I could see, you know, but if we're talking about in the last year, there are, there, there are so many factors that are playing into whatever that statistic might be. Like there I, are, are listen, heavy listen. factors. All I'm saying is, is if you think a male Walmart worker has the same access to sex as a female Walmart worker, you're just wrong. Bro, you know, you that, that, that's the thing. The male, the male Walmart worker, and it still does not align with the truth of, of my life, is what I'm telling you. The male Walmart okay. worker well, is trying to get with the lawyer. No, the male, and the Walmart, male Walmart worker is trying to get with whoever The male can. Walmart worker does not want to get with the other female Walmart worker. And it's like, why are y'all not? Oh, no, he would together? definitely get with that female Walmart worker. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. So do that. And I'm well, let me let's be clear. I'm not trying. We're not saying it like Walmart is like some, you know. No, not at all. I'm just saying. Not at all. I'm talking about average people. 
but I'm just, just talking about a, average people. a person who is um and then the com and the the conversation of and definition of an average person is very nuanced yeah and, bro even pulling by out average I'm, but, I'm not and Walmart I'm not talking about like, I'm not saying I'm not using average as a pejorative term I'm saying average mathematically I'm talking about just average people people who have average results in the, I'm that I'm not saying negative I'm saying I'm just talking about average people. Well, let me so ask. You maybe question. we just say the everyday person. Everyday, um, that's better. That's everyday better person. Well, let me say right when you're saying that. average, I'm like that's what I mean. Oh, that's a Every, okay. Term. Everyday people. But well, let me ask a question, y'all. Let me ask a question, y'all, because it, it. I think one of the things that we're getting to, um, you know, segue back to the movie is that we found truth in these characters. I mean, yes. obviously, because it's leading us into this larger conversation here that we can have, you know, and so the, this feels like an opportunity for us to talk about, um, and Arbor, you started talking about it when you were like, all these people are questionable, you know, who, who has good intention here, um, but let's talk now about that. Let's talk about the characters and the acting, you know, and I kind of want to just smush it together. Well, I don't feel like we need to talk about it because we are in this conversation. The acting was good. You know, like we're in it. Like we know Joe, like we know Carmen, <laughs> like we know Cindy Lou, right? Because, and to think about, because when I think about it, I'm like, when I say Cindy Lou, I think about myself and I think about what that looks like and how, I know we want to believe that this good little sweet woman is going to have the best narrative afterwards. But I promise you, I promise you, there are a ton of podcasts that are out here. There are women in my circle and in my own personal life. Just like there's always this conversation of the good guy finishes last. So does the good woman. So this so I struggle with this conversation that we've been having because I know the end of that narrative I've seen it and a lot of times that woman ends up alone and I'm not saying it like alone is a bad thing you don't have to be in relationship but what I am saying is if you desire it uh, oftentimes because that woman is seen as average she's seen as someone who I want something better. So nobody wants that. She's alone in a hallway, walking down, singing about this man. That <laughs> she has some sad songs on her song treat, list. That yeah. doesn't treat her well. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and, and this is not, it, this is not a new narrative. This is not something that is, you know, oh, it's just not happening. No, this has been happening for years. And so that is why I'm just like, the struggle for me is that there are so many people out here, and this is men and women that are great individuals, but they get someone like a Joe who is saying and doing all the right things. You can't even see a red flag. His, her mama loved him. She's cause she immediately thought that the package that he got while he was in prison, while he was in jail, um, in the board, whatever they called it, the where stockades. he was in they, the stockades. She immediately thought it was from his mom. So she opened it up. Like, it's like this. Oh, this is from my she mom. She thought it was a care package that. from she her mom. It was a care package. And it was something from Carmen because this is the innocence of her mind. So we want to believe that she gets these red flags, know what happens, 
is a boundary comes up and a piece of her heart gets hard because I have done so much to you for you. I've poured into this and I genuinely am in love with you unconditionally. And now you chose me for somebody that is making you crazy, got you living in a dirty room. The military police are after you. She ain't cooking nothing for you because both of y'all look uh, sick. Like, this, I'm I'm traveling to come see you. You don't forget all about me. You ain't thought about Cindy in a million years. Mm. This type of, there is, there is a way that you can come out on top of that. But many people, unless you are going through some type of red, like, transformation in your mind you're you have you have some time before you come out of that on top you have some time because when you are in love that is different that's as you were saying Carmen she could just walk away what I'm gonna go with Husky I want money da, 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 da. but now she has to process that and now she has to get through a place of not making other people be a victim of that and and be held to that and so I just, I wanted to make sure that we named that. And so, but even getting back to your question, these, these actors, they took us into this movie. Big time. They took us into this world. Big time. Like, I thought, I'm in it. And I'm like, where is Cindy girl? Because you know, I, don't you be. <laughs> I didn't. The story intrigued me more than the acting. Like mm. the story there was so so much of it rang true. Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. this couple running into this crazy person who eventually penetrates the boundaries because she even had help. She had help because the dude who was arresting her, he even had bad intentions. Sergeant Brown. Yeah, Sergeant, Sergeant Brown. Because oh. he because he, he clearly soon, had a jealousy or something with Joe. And, and he was trying to get with and Cindy Lou. And, and, you, he was and, jealous of him about to have to. He, he was, was trying to get with to go to uh do the flight school. He was jealous of him. Yeah. He, he was trying to get to, to Cindy that. Lou. He was trying yep. to get to Carmen. Yep. It was whatever Joe and, had. He was so, and we all know that we've seen that too. You know where mm -hmm. somebody will jealousy. Yep. You know so, and then um how none of this is going to end good. That rang very true. Mm -hmm. And then. When I was hearing the songs, I felt like, because when I was in chorus, we sang the one song, Torre Ador on God, Torre Ador. And they changed the lyrics for this movie. But even though I didn't know all the details Janai just gave me, it made me feel like this movie has its genesis somewhere else. Like I felt like I was watching a version of something else. Oh, I see. And, mm -hmm. and because of that, I gave us the movie the, genealogy. We see why it was interesting. I mean, but for real, because yeah. when you look, when you look at the um, story of her making decisions that led to the outcome she's been talking about, that is something we see in those you know Greek stories, and uh, like we see that happen a lot. So. The acting, I liked the story, but it honestly made me the acting almost took me out of the story. I never, wow. I never, I never felt I felt like the accents were 
inconsistent. I felt like when they were singing, sometimes he sounded like Harry Belafonte, and then and then when he did, well, he never they never so on the singing. Um, Harry Belafonte's character, his voice was dubbed by someone oh. named Laverne Hutchison. And Dorothy Dandridge's really, yep. Because it sounded Gandridge. like there was really? a, it sounded like you was finna no, tell me that they no. Sang. But it, it was only one. Ah. There was no song with his voice. It was always the dub. And but the, it sounded. But when the dub sounded like it had an accent, though. Well, maybe the dub did. But I I'm wonder. Just, I want. I got. I, I, I want. Yeah, and Dorothy Dorothy Dandridge, she her voice was dubbed by Marilyn Horn. Um now Pearl Bailey on sister. Merlin. There's a cousin. And it's her third cousin twice removed. <laughs> right. You remember Pearl you Bailey remember them over there. Remember them? Yeah. Now Pearl Bailey, who played one of Carmen's friends, Frankie. Frankie. You remember mm -hmm. you remember Pearl? That is who that was. I was like, why can I not picture who know her name right now? I said I know this face. I, I have never face. seen this Which, young version of Pearl Bailey before. At all. Which because when just, I think I of Pearl Frankie. Bailey. <laughs> When I think of Pearl Bailey, I think of um, a, a much older, um, heavy set version yeah. of Pearl Bailey, and this was this was when she was a young chickie. Listen, so I, I didn't I, I didn't recognize her at first, you know, but then her voice did sound familiar. That's and they, what it was. They didn't dub her voice. Okay, and the, that was and, good. And this is actually a really interesting nugget because the reason they, because we all know that Harry Belafonte and Dorothy Dandridge, like, let's get this money, girl. They can sing, right? They are known right. for being and able I, to sing. I'm, I'm just so. Well, the reason they dubbed it was because they are not opera singers. And what, and, and again, because they, they went back to the, yeah, the, the operatic origins for this, for this music. And so that is why they did the dubbing. It was not because Harry and Dorothy couldn't sing. It's because they weren't opera singers. And Janai, Please tell me they Janai, did Janai, Janai, Cindy Lou. Oh, look, look, I need look, look, her look. voice to be with Janai, let me tell you, you just brought me to, and this is all related, but that was one of my disappointments of this movie. Um, because when I saw when I saw this cover, I was like, yo, this is about to be something good like like when i mm -hmm. when, we, when we pulled it up and, and just the way it looked i was like yo th this is about to be interesting right here because mm -hmm. knowing how they are performers and stuff like that i'm like what kind of spin are they going to put on this and i hate to use this example okay well let me answer but, let me answer Brittany's question oh, okay all good james, james who played cindy lou was a trained opera singer Oh, good. Oh, so she was not dubbed. That voice, I don't know if there you're still it is. Go ahead, bro. That. Go ahead, bro. I just there want to answer that question. What, what I'm saying is, is I would have liked to see this movie like The Wiz. Okay? Not The Wiz necessarily, but you know how, like, you got The Wizard of Oz, which we all love The Wizard of Oz. But when you saw Michael Jackson, you know, all these different, and that cast for the wins, you're like, yo, I'm about to hear some some music right now. Like, mm -hmm. I, I love the music from the Wiz, and I love the movie for, music for the Wizard of Oz. What I don't want to hear is Diana Ross singing like Judy Garland. That's not what I would want to hear. And that's what I felt 
in this movie. And I'm surprised it blew up the way it did. Maybe it was because of what Brittany said. That it was just like, it had a little risque scene and people were just, I don't know. What was but I was just, that, it was, you yeah, said it was point point on with them with zebra yeah, draw. But, but I'm just well saying. It was though, bro. I mean. Yeah, the story, the story, but I'm just saying in terms of performances, that is not, I didn't want to hear them singing opera, even though they were good. I'm saying, and I can get how somebody would like it. And I'm just saying in my personal opinion, but I'm looking at this cover, but I'm, I'm like, yo, we about to see some swing dance. I don't know. We, we about to see something. Like I was about to, I was ready to see them it, in there. You wanted to see that thing you sent me that one time. Too Hell's high. a poppy. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know what, bro? You're 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 hitting on something that I experienced as well. You know, I had a moment, um, you know, where I had I did have to reset my expectations a little bit because I realized I was comparing this musical to all of the other musicals that we've seen. And I, we have not seen one that was actually like an opera, you know, or had the intention of opera. And, and I had to reset on that because there was actually a moment and I sent, um, Brittany and Arby a text while I was watching it. That was like boring, boring. <laughs> and it was because it was like the songs were just emoting and some, in most cases you weren't learning new information. The songs were just emoting. And I was watching actually the movie with James and I said that, and he was like, well, this is an opera. And I was like, Hmm. Now you you done, you done, you done shook me up a little bit right there. And it's true that that is what opera is. But I, I was struggling until I reset my expectations for what I expected the music to be. Because it was the same thing with dance. You know, the musicals that we have seen, they were very much about, and we were able to very rightly rate them on the amount of dancing they had and how, how well the dancing was performed. Is that a fair question to ask? For a musical that isn't trying to be that, because it's 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 really an opera, you know. And um, I think the answer is no. Now we did have a really great dance scene in this movie, and and we did join. Really great? Would you say is I know which one you talk about. I'm I thought say, it was good, but I do thought, you think really great? But again, I wouldn't say it was great like a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers theme. Yeah, like that. I gotta tell you, like that. I liked it to, to be the threshold for stuff anymore. We need to pick a new threshold. Uh, but when that bar is so high, that bar so high. But but the point is, I enjoyed it because sometimes when you see a dance scene, it's like and cue dance scene. But I liked about that dance scene was that it truly just looked like people having a good time. Her, yeah. her Bailey's in there, stirring yeah. it up. They're interacting. With and the music people. was like that too. It was very much in They're line. interacting with the musician instead of just the musician mm -hmm. becoming the soundtrack for the yeah. dance. So and I the, And the singing too. The singing too was Listen, in line. There was one song I thought about both of y'all because both of y'all always talk about how y'all want the song to move the move the movie on and this and this did and again and it did but there was a song though that made me think of y'all when they were like carmen jones is leaving <laughs> really? i said really? well this meets their standard of letting you know what's really? <laughs> but cindy lou that as a singer oh man she told listen that olga james girl you sang them songs Olga, oh but i do this you are I do think they gave us like, girl. like, I don't think we needed as many like 
uh, my heart's broken songs. Whatever you're about to say. I just felt like it was appropriate. One thing I felt about the songs <laughs> it's a was 100% of them, 100% of the songs were too long in this movie. 100%. Every song was too long. Yeah. Not just one of them. And like every song, when I thought it was ending, it wasn't. Like, oh, <laughs> like, I get the point. You're not even seeing no new stuff. I also thought about Aubrey doing the one scene. Listen, first of all, I we they haven't made somebody this crazy in a musical, but and it has to be an opera, of course, because this is an opera, right? I was like, only an opera could make somebody look this crazy. But knowing that the origins of it is a novella makes it even better. Because when Joe was hanging out at the arena on the side, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> when he was he had lost it at that point. He had lost it. When he was sitting in the audience with his hat on and he heard her say something that he didn't like, and he got up and walked out, I said, Oh Lord. And when he was waiting on the side, because I was like, What is he doing? I was like, Is he still having the police? What's happening here? When he dragged her into that room, I said, Oh no, Joe, you done lost. You've officially lost, lost it. When he lost it back in the thing when he had the knife out, I said, you think you're one of the jets? She took all his oh, what marbles. Are you doing? He didn't have no marbles left. The marbles was gone. I said, yeah, because it's also like your plan. Your plan is not great. Like not, you want you want to confront somebody, and you want to hide from the military police. You don't go to a high state, like a public, very well attended, well publicized boxing match to execute your plan. That's Listen. how you knew he was just, he had just lost it because it wasn't rational it wasn't, in no. any way. When he was in that closet, y'all. Now, this was my my time. I laughed at them starting to sing this opera music. <laughs> when she was like, basically, Joe, I do not want you. I'm with Husky. I'm in the streets. You see my wife, Fur. Please don't touch me. Like, that's not her actual words, but that's basically, that's basically what was happening. What he was like, what oh, I look <laughs> Y'all, when I tell you, I laughed out loud. And all I thought to myself was, I said, if we put this in modern terms, there would be so many people like, oh my God, he's simping. He is such a, I mean, in the oh, name no, of he that. Is, so he much. is the original. He, even if there was simping before him, I don't even he took like it over. Word. I don't even like that word, but I promise yeah, you. Yeah, I don't I know that term, but I don't like it. I love simping I simping like, is when you do, it's a term for men. I said, she left you in a hotel room with no more groceries. She is gone. You can't go nowhere because the military police are after you. And you are in a closet. Brittany, there's no other word to describe it. I'm sorry. Is is Cindy Lou also a simp? No. Listen, because she, Cindy Lou, if we you if we if we are based on the definition y'all just gave me, she could be simping. Well, I'm just saying if, if you're if it's you're talking true. about if you're talking about he was looking how Joe how just pe- come out, I was like, bro, he is he was wielding a knife, trying to kill a world champion. <laughs> Based on the definition, <laughs> she yeah. also was doing. No, that. I'm saying, well, if I mean, if you're communicating with people who use the term, simping means a man who gives a woman undeserving treatment. That's what that's what the definition is. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, so, but just back to our earlier conversation that we selectively are like some term, the, the, the way these terms are gendered. I'm just saying this particular one, the way y'all just defined it, it just feels to me like Cindy Lou meets that criteria. 
Well, we're talking, we're talking about, um, I mean, we're talking about, we are talking about the characters. We're talking about the acting. We're talking about the singing. We're talking about the dancing. And let's talk a little bit more about the casting. The casting for me, if you were going to keep this operatic, I would have liked to see a cast from that world. It, because with, with the cast that we got, I would have preferred to see the music and vibe completely changed to match them with the, with, and I know that's, that's just my opinion. And I'm not saying it's how it should have been. I'm saying when I see Harry Belafonte and Dorothy Dandridge, I was expecting a certain. Harry Belafonte and Dorothy Dandridge. Yeah, I was expecting with this movie to be like, yo, what if we, just like The Wiz, it's like, yo, what if we took and got the soul singers and the army singers and, well, like, and, and like, yo, let's make some great versions. They did that. They did that. You know, because like, a... you can say whatever you want about the plot, but when Mike, you can't win time. <laughs> like, I'm Bro, talking you about. Know, you know, they did a Carmen Jones hip hopera. Did you know about mm, this? Okay, what? I have not it's seen with it. with Beyonce and Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah. Mm. I remember when it came on television. That's when I used to, I mean, I still watch stuff live. But I remember that was a thing. We were all, so many of us were excited to watch that. It's 2001. Wow. And um, yeah. They, be careful bro, what you wish for, bro. I was going to say, I think they did what you said. <laughs> well, y'all, you know, I got to say this again, in the same way that this movie, just from a casting perspective, mm -hmm. and the same way that this movie made me um, realize, man, we need to get into some Black musicals and what are we doing? And the same way that it made me realize that gap, it made me realize, mm, do I really know Harry Fonte's work? No, I really don't. You know, I have like one image of him and like one, one character of his that I think of. So I feel like I don't even know his body work. And guess what? I hate to say the same thing with Dorothy Dandridge. I'm like, mm, I have known who she is. But I also found myself, I'm just going to be honest with you all. I was, I had for, for one beat and I'm gonna, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I had confused her with Josephine Baker because I had this coloring book when I was little that had Josephine Baker in it. And put Josephine Baker in a coloring book? What was a black yeah. celebrate your black no. people Shout coloring book? Shout out to our parents. Okay. And then no, I, had... I, I'm just saying that, that was a. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, and Shout she, out. She did... And we, it had, we, we it had the black... Mr. Rogers Sesame Street situation. No, it did just... not. You color in the black person icon. You get to read a couple sentences about Brown them. Crayon and then you way could, down to the bottom. And then yeah. you could cut it out and make it into a, a little paper person. And I remember that color in book because that was good. I, I love that. But the point is, I, that's how little I know about Dorothy Granger that I had a two to three minute of like, oh, girl, you're getting these people confused. And so I, oh, they just both so good that it was like, oh my gosh. I well, it's the, it's, it's my lack of acquaintance with their, with their yeah. portfolios. That's what was revealed to me. And it was like, Janiyah, you know, these people in terms of like, you got a talking point on them, but do you know their work? And I'm like, I, I that's, so that's something I personally felt a little called out about, you know, it was like, well, so that's something like I asked you about Angela Bassett. You would know her work and she's a classic from our time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Classic Absolutely. from our time. And then the other thing is these other black actors in here. So did y'all realize that Mert, the person who was who was with Pearl Bailey, that other friend that was that was did y'all realize that was Diane Carroll? And please tell me that was her voice because her, Diane Carroll could sing. 
Her singing voice was dubbed by Bernice Peterson. You know what? I'm going to turn my camera yeah, on. They, they wanted that operatic. But you know what? That's what I'm saying. Like, if if that's what y'all were going to do. That was Diane Carroll, though, y'all. And that's, and that's a heavy I, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Now, if that's what y'all were going to do. Time, that was her that. first Dang. movie. Same. Now, there's another big, um, and all of these names, y'all. When I started reading she about these people, I'm like, why don't I know these people? Brock Peters who played Sergeant Brown, this person we cannot stand. Y'all, he was into Kill a Mockingbird. I know that name. What? Shut up. Brock yeah. Peters. Mm-hmm. Remember that name? And Diane Carroll, she just passed away in 2019. So y'all, there, there, there's just, there's just, for me, as much as I have wanted, and I don't want to diminish our, what we know and understand about musicals, because we, 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 we have a robust knowledge, but it's been very white. Oh no, you're you you are. 100% it's been very right. white now. As far as Harry ba Harry Belafonte, I felt like I feel like I know enough of his music that my expectation was justified on some level. Absolutely. Um, um, but and I do feel like outside I know him as of a musician, that, better than yeah, as, him a, as, an as actor. a musician. But like outside of that, no. And and, and you're you're 100 right. But I just. With all the, I'm like, if you were going to make a movie, a movie, like an opera movie, then just get people who do that. And then. But could they be, could they draw to the, to because that's There the had to be pulled. somebody. Can they there draw had... the audience that the, the Harry Belafonte and Dorothy mm, Dandridge could draw? Uh, uh, who's coming to the theater? Yeah, I mean, that's you know? a star-studded cast right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah Dorothy Dandridge, yeah. Hella Bela, Harry Belafonte. Um, Coral Diane Bailey, Carey. what? Pearl yeah, Bailey, you're like right. no, and those are the greats. I just, I just, I'm just telling y'all when I saw that it was a missed opportunity because I never, when, when, when I never, I've never, we've never seen this, and so when I Google, you know, so I can pull it up, I'm like, oh shit, like, oh, this is about to be, you know what I mean, like, with this, and it just, and so even though, like, I, I agree with James, it's like, yo, you're watching an opera movie and. It's a different. It's, it did different. it's different. It did that. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm just saying. I would have liked to see that cast, same cast. Yes, but, but to do their thing. So do their celebrate. thing. That is it. That yeah. is that is what I would have liked to see. I feel like that. It's like a Fred Astaire movie, and he didn't really dance. It's like, why are you? Why would I can't. You I can't. I can't say anything better than what you just said. Yeah. That is what I mean. Yeah, why would you I do think that? About though, these dynamic That's what I people, mean. these famous people, and they still had stories of wasn't it Dorothy Dandridge? She put her foot or her toe in a pool and they drained the whole pool. Like you think about Yeah, I heard she has a she something. had a real tragic. Oh, I, I don't I don't know the story. Didn't Holly Berry play her? Yeah, in a yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. And so I just I think about the though at this time, these amazing people and what they had to experience to get to where they were. All they going in the I mean, back doors imagine? of places. Because you and you're, a, and you're a star. You're a star. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the people know your name internationally. Yep. And you could probably get more respect. Probably get more respect going someplace else than the place you were born. And you I, know I what? Just can't and, you know, and you know what? So, and, and along those same lines, it's like what the thing that becomes a person's legacy sometimes is their tragedy, and that's just too bad. You know, yeah. it's like Carmen Jones is this wonderful, very special character that um, you know 
that Dorothy Dandridge got the play. You know, we see her talent is apparent. I got for me, you all. Um, I thought I thought the acting was very strong. I, I really did. I mean, even for the side characters, like the like Mert and Frankie, I was like, these people are. I'm enjoying these performances. You know, even the managers that for for the for the um the 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 boxer, I was like, these are really believable like performances right now. Um, but even with all of that, what is Dorothy Dangerous' legacy? It's that she committed suicide, you know. Um, she had a apparently mm-hmm. a long, um, by one report I read, four years relationship with Otto Preminger, the man that was the director and producer of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I read two different accounts, and in both of the accounts, the their relationship started up because of the movie it wasn't before the movie it wasn't why she was cast but during the course of the movie they got together he was married at the time so she was on the side for four years she apparently got pregnant by him the um the the production house made her have an abortion um you know in the course of her life she had been married twice um she had a child with special needs you know and I got to tell y'all, it was when I was just did general Googling of her, that's the stuff that came up first. And I was like, see, why is the scandal popping up? Yeah, that's you know, before the celebration. That's how we are. Humans, we just. We and just, the internet does that. It's like, this is what. But, but, it, but the for. internet comes from what people be clicking on. That's right. I feel like we can go to the vote now. Yes. You- okay. Well, yeah, I. I. And definitely conflicted. I'm still not sure as I finish this thought, but <laughs> because I also I understand like what James was talking about. Like this, they were doing a certain thing. And I feel like if that's the thing they were doing, they executed it. And in that case, I can understand why it was successful as it was. But I'm just saying for me, for my personal, I was just it just didn't hit me the way I thought. And I just imagine what this could have been like if they were just like, we're going to use the same story, but we all just going to do our thing. And like, you could just feel like nobody, everybody was in their element. And it was just, I just feel like it could have been something truly amazing. So ultimately I will say it's not a classic for me. That It's not a classic, Yeah, I, but I'm conflicted. We have to say whether it gets your... um... Oh, yeah, yeah. So it does not get my nonest fades. Okay. But I'm not happy about it. Yeah. And bro, this one was tricky for me too. This one was tricky for me because... And I I needed this conversation to land. Me too. Okay. So for me, um, you know, and, and bro, just to use your... Like, because we're talking about The Wiz as an example where they actually featured the talents of the cast that they had. I feel like if we did not have um, Carmen Jones, we would never have had the Wiz. You know, it's one of these yeah, things. Yeah, that's another like, thing, man. When you go back to this, when you take yourself to that period mm-hmm. and you understand what was actually going on. I mean, think about 94, where we were in terms of civil rights. Like, this is like, this is, this is huge that this movie happened. And some of the million things. million dollars in 1950, what, six? 54. 54. And one of the, so when I think about the things that I struggle with, so I definitely struggled with like the songs going into like, now I have bad grammar all of a sudden, you know, and I I don't want to say bad, but no, not bad. You know, moving into this other kind of speech 
that's yeah. different from the speech that's in my spoken uh, dialogue. Why? That inconsistency was disappointing for me because I would rather it all be one kind of speech, whatever you know, speech whatever speech it is, you know. The other thing I had to work through was the lack of origin story that they gave us for Dorothy Dandridge's character. So Carmen, you know, and again, it could just been a couple of sentences of explanation about why her worldview was the way it was. Um, and they didn't give her that. But I also know that it is it is a truthful trope that a black strumpet is something that didn't need to be justified in white Hollywood. You know, that that was something that just existed in terms of how black women were portrayed. And so the fact that she had the level of depth that she did have was actually, you know, positive progress. So I did have to check myself a little bit to, to and again, I had to also, and on the music big time, I was like, okay, let me let go of expecting a full barn dance <laughs> every single time somebody sings. And then for this, for the, for the song to be more storytelling than emoting, I had to get over that and accept the terms of an opera. So it was hard for me in that, in that way. What was not hard for me to kind of understand and celebrate this movie, it was the acting. I was like, man, this, the, I appreciated the story. I really did. I thought it was interesting. It had a lot of layers. They gave us a lot of different characters to consider, you know? And I was like, the fact that that sergeant, we have a true sense of who that sergeant was, that jerk, when he wasn't sure. in the movie very much. But he, when he was there, that portrayal and the way that it was written, we got it. We know who that guy is. We know that guy. So I could celebrate the writing. I could celebrate the acting. Um, and again, I, in aggregate, when I reset, um, as I said earlier, I see this movie as a complete success. Well, I guess what I'm, what this movie did for me is that it made me question the, the very bar I'm using to assess, you know, cause I remember I had to get to a place in my life and I feel like it was even late. Mm. I feel like it was maybe somewhere in my twenties where I had to even stop feeling like there was a certain way to talk that was appropriate. There was a certain way to dress that was appropriate. I just have all of these like Eurocentric norms Ooh, that I have. I am pro, like I am just proactively and constantly I'm working against that programming because I hate it. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, my bar right now for musicals, you know, I, I need to, I need to, to interrogate this a little bit. And so, and this movie did that for me. So would I go back and watch it a bunch of times right now? You know what? I I don't know that I would. Um, but there's something about it that I appreciate so much that I do want to go back and watch it. I almost feel like I I I I I feel driven to appreciate this content and these performers um because they deserve it because it was well done. Like they did a good job. Oh wait, it says it does get my nine. This movie, for these reasons, this movie does get my nine of spades. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed the story of it. Um, I enjoyed being able to say, because Carmen represents 
things, right? She doesn't necessarily represent only what can happen in relationship, but she represents what can happen when you don't stay consistent and stay focused. Mm. You don't keep your eye on what is important. There are so many things that can get our eyes shifted off of what our actual goal is, Mm. what our goals are, what is important. There are so many things that can come in because life is life and it'll throw things at you and it'll make this one thing seem so important and it's not actually. So to me, Carmen represents what happens when we waste our time. Mm. Um, And so for that reason, when I think about this movie and how it can be applied to so many things, it does it does get my nine of spades. Mm. I do see that this movie, I do vote it to be a, a classic, deem it to be a classic. And the cast was amazing. They did a great job of pulling me in and making me, you know, feel like these are great people that if I go down the street, you know, I can, or, you know, really when you listen to people who are older and they're telling the stories of their lives, I felt like I'm I'm watching something where someone could have been like, I know this one woman. (laughs) (laughs) These are people. Mm. These are people who we still know that each one of us we can look back in our lives or even in our present lives and go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for mm-hmm. yeah, so for, again, so for all that, it gets my nine of spades. But oh man, not all three of us though. This was a tricky one, y'all. This was, this tricky. was tricky. Mm-hmm. This was tricky. But at the end of the day, Carmen Jones is not a classic from the right perspective. Thanks for this discussion, bro and sis. This was tricky. This was tricky. Oh, love y'all. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Love (laughs) y'all.